Paul, I've got a very big joke for you this week. A big joke? A big joke. What are, are your jokes regularly regular size or small? Well, they've never been about large animals before. All right, okay. so well, go, go ahead. What did the grape say when the rhinoceros stepped on it? I have no idea. Nothing. It just let out a little whine. <laughs> All right, well, hi, I'm Bree. And I'm Paul. And this is Signal 25. Uh, this is our raisin podcast where we talk about how great, or excuse me, how grape raisins are. <laughs> Funny story, Paul. I have a bag of chocolate-covered raisins under my desk currently. That's wild. Do you like raisins? I do. I really like raisins. I also They're one like of my favorite raisins. snacks. They're like nature's candy, really. They are like nature's candy, and like... I also like oatmeal raisin cookies. They're like one of my favorite kind of cookies, and I get a lot of hate for that sometimes. They're definitely underrated, but it's not because... I, I, I am convinced that oatmeal raisin cookies, people don't dislike them because they dislike them. They dislike them because they think that they're going to be chocolate chip cookies, and then they're not. And I totally understand that is disappointing. But if you expect an oatmeal raisin cookie, that's fine. Then it's exciting. Exactly. Now I wish I would have made oatmeal raisin cookies. What did you make instead? Um, well, I found a bunch of old Christmas candy in my cupboard, and I figured it might be kind of stale to eat, so I turned it into, I wonder if this is enough to make cookies, cookies. <laughs> so, various types of chocolate in a chocolate chip cookie base. So, you made fruitcake cookies. I mean, essentially, there was no fruit in them. I could have added craisins and raisins, both things that I keep in my pantry quite frequently, but I didn't. Yeah, no offense, that sounds terrible, but... They were good. They were fine. They weren't my best work. Yeah. But I, I really wanted so. to bake, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of things that aren't going to bake, uh, Big Hero 6 is not going to come to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we're going into news now. <laughs> Which confused me only for the reason of I didn't even know Big Hero 6 was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, it's not. Well, but yeah. Okay, I... sorry. The Marvel Universe. Right. So... Uh, Big Hero 6 was originally a Marvel comic, and then they made it a Disney animated movie, but they basically changed everything about it other than the fact that there's six of them, and one of them's name is Baymax. And Hero, right? Yeah, and Hero, I think. And, I mean, it's a little bit of the same in the fact that, you know, it original Big Hero 6 takes place in Tokyo, and this one takes place in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, I can't. Um, so kind of similar also, maybe. Yeah. No? Uh, anyway, so the only reason we bring this up is uh, last this last weekend, I started hearing rumblings that Big Hero 6 may be making their Marvel Cinematic Universe debut, which was a particularly curious rumor. Uh, I don't know. Anytime you get weird characters, especially weird characters that have already been adapted, it's like, yeah. why would they do that? Anyway, um, yeah, Variety reports that they are not, despite reports to the contrary from other sources, which are, I'm going to go out and say, less reliable than Variety. Yes. Um, but now, okay, my question for you is, do you think that they ever will do it? No, probably not. Okay. Because if they wanted to expand the Big Hero 6-verse... They would just do it in animation. 
because I think yeah. it fits better with animation anyway, especially because like Baymax has become such a like beloved character as the big fluffy robot and not a like dinosaur person thing like he is in the comics. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I think it just makes more sense to do it animated. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not going to say never, but it seems right. unlikely to me and also unnecessary. I almost just said something really like, I don't want to say dumb, but oh, a little dumb. I was like, how would they even, you know, make him real? Like, how would they make him not animated, like in real life? And then I was like, there is quite literally a Baymax meet and greet in Epcot. They've yeah. already done that. They've or, turned him into something that CGI. exists in the real world. <laughs> I, I will. I hate to break it to you, Brie. Thanos, not a real person. What? All computer generated. Oh, Rocket really? Raccoon, not an actual talking raccoon. Really, Paul? Yeah. You're ruining this for me. I know. I, I know. thought Rocket was a trained animal actor. I know. All right. Nobody tell Brie about Groot. Anyway. Moving on to things that aren't happening. Uh, Disney Plus Star is not <laughs> launching in the United States, but it is launching everywhere else today as we're recording Yay! this, February 23rd. Is that today's date? <laughs> yeah, according to my computer. That's what it says. Oh, shoot. Oh, well, happy Star... I almost said Star Wars launch day. I wish. I wish there was more Star but... Wars. God, me too. But that's exciting. I mean, it's exciting for the rest of the world to start getting the content because I know it's launching on a lot of um, countries that haven't had Disney content other than, like, internet. Well, yeah, they haven't had access to this, like, R, more R-rated stuff. Um, it's basically the Disney portion of the Hulu library that is not available overseas. Or Canada. I think also Canada. Uh, I'm not sure about Canada. Let me look. Hold on. Yes, Canada is included. Okay, because I was in like, Disney Plus Star. Okay, because I knew that they had Disney Plus in Canada. Yeah. Well, but remember, so this isn't so Disney Plus is in either all or most of these regions already. Oh, okay. It's just Disney Plus Star that is coming, that came today. But I also thought Canada had Hulu. I don't know for what reason I thought that they had that. That I'm not sure about. That I, that was more of my confusion, because I know Hulu's not in a lot of these countries. I think Hulu's regions. only in the U.S., hmm, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I don't know enough to start guessing. <laughs> but yeah, Disney Plus Star has some pretty good stuff. It's got uh, How I Met Your Mother, Deadpool, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Um... Well, then that raises a lot of questions for me, because a lot of those are on Netflix. In the U.S. In the U.S. I know. It's just contract-wise. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we all know it's all going to be one eventually. We're just reinventing cable here. I mean, I, like, it's, eventually yeah, you'll be able is. to get the Disney Plus, Peacock, HBO, uh, what are the other ones? Discovery, Apple, Paramount, Bundle for yeah. $70, $80 a month. Or actually, let's be real, by the time that actually happens, it'll be a lot more than that, but... Yep. <laughs> like they said, let's get rid of cable so and that make we can it cable. Make cable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Speaking of things that they're trying to get rid of, P3 
people, but they failed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible transition. Uh, uh, I mean, you're not wrong on several levels for several reasons. Yeah. Anyway, Bree, you should talk about the Disney capacity. Uh, yeah. So I had seen on a Disney blog this weekend, I think it was the mouse blog or something like that, uh, that Disney, like it was a picture of Epcot is what it was originally. And it was the line to get into Epcot and the line to get into the parking lot. And it was insane. It looked like an average average festival day at Epcot in non-pandemic times. And it's been reported this week that Disney's upped their capacity to 35%. And it's public reporting, so you can find this everywhere. And I don't know about you, Paul, but I don't like being at the theme parks when they're at 35% normally. Like, that's crowded. 35% of capacity. So let's, hold on, let's think, let's do the math here. Using what we know... So the capacity of Epcot is what hundred something thousand? Uh, it is seventy eight thousand, I think. Okay, seventy eight thousand. Hold on. It can be up to a hundred thousand, but they only do that for emergencies. So seventy eight is about the cap. All right. Well, let's say it's seventy eight. Okay. My math puts that at about twenty seven thousand people. Which an average expected day at Epcot during the summer is 24,000 people. Like, that's how many people on average on a busy July day are at Epcot. If you ever hit 30,000, then it's like, it's it's pretty packed. And if you get much more than that, then it's like slammed. So just because technically there is a capacity does not mean that it's it's the the hard cap on capacity. It's not yeah. the uh, what is actually comfortable to be in. And I would like to note that that capacity number is set when everything is open, when all of the cast members are working, when there's no social distancing protocols, and when all of the restaurants are open. That is what that capacity is for. So the fact that they are at 35% capacity with about, I think, from what I've seen and what I've heard, they have 25% capacity worth of cast members and attractions and food open is going to cause insanity because you don't have the shows, you don't have the indoor dining, you don't have any of that to swallow people. And of the rides, right, not only... Are you not running your full capacity, like your full vehicle capacity? Because that's a thing that they can and and will do. Um, You aren't loading as many people on each vehicle as you would normally. You are... No, I mean, they're not, right? Like, if you are a a family of five and you get on a four-person, like, row, then -hmm. you'll be four and one. Well, you'll probably be three and two, but still... That's like three right, more right. people that they could have put in a row that they're not now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of just various, I don't know, it, that capacity number is not what you think it is. That capacity number is designed for New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's, 
And like the way that I saw explained this weekend because several um, Disney bloggers like Carly Wiesel, if you follow her, uh, she explained it this way. Of Okay, you are on Main Street in Magic Kingdom. Imagine you're there on New Year's Eve and you can touch shoulders with every person. That is 100% capacity. That is like there are 100,000 people in this theme park. Would you still want to be on Main Street with 35% of that? No. <laughs> so yeah, so 35% seems like, oh, cool, social distancing, 35%. That's not very big, right? But when you're only running with 25% worth of cast members. Yeah, I mean, like. It's insane. The density of people. So just if, you, if you're thinking about it from a top down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just think about Main Street, right? So yeah. instead of being person to person, where you have a personal space bubble of, mm, let's go with like a foot, maybe two feet, you know, sure, maybe now we're increasing it to six feet, but suddenly, like, I mean, that's about what you would normally want on Main Street. Like, maybe yeah. a little bit more than what you would normally want on Main Street to be like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. So, like, if that, I don't know, it's ridiculous. And it's from what I've heard, it's too much. And from what I've heard from friends that live in Orlando and friends that do work in the parks, it's insane. And they say it's really scary. Um, cast members are scared. So if you're hearing this and considering, oh, it's only 35%, like, I could go to Disney on a trip, don't. 35% is high. And cast members are scared because it's incredibly busy so that's my my little psa of please don't <laughs> we've both been in the parks at 35 percent capacity in non-pandemic well, times yeah not intentionally 35 percent capacity no but it's still too much 35 percent capacity is a busier than average day i will say yeah it is not a, a lot what busier we call than it. average but busier than average at living with the land it's what we would call a stressful saturday because it would be busier than everyone's comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, at Movie Ride, we would be running all of our vehicles. Yep. So, that's terrifying. Well, speaking of rides and terrifying... Sure, that's a transition. Um, Joe Rohde uh, is going to go work at Virgin Galactic. Who okay. saw that coming? <laughs> I thought he was a legit dumb. Like, when he said he was retiring, I believed him, but I guess not. So now that makes me wonder, all of these Imagineers who are retiring. They're going to go work in space. They're going to go work in space, but also, was it their idea to retire? Uh, probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. It much. I now much more believe that Disney was a little more involved with the retirement than previously thought when you see all these imagineers going to do other things roadie is the only one that i more or less believe left of his own accord yes and i think that might just be due to the timing of it i'm not sure why i think that but but uh, super cool like how how boss is that like yeah if you don't get to design animal kingdom design space i mean he's not design but you know what i mean he's designing things no, that he's go designing to outer space, space. Nope. He's just designing all of outer space. 
<laughs> Joe Rody is the architect of space. Joe Rody like got a, a phone call and he's like, "Hi, can I help you? This is Joe Rody." And the person on the other line is like, "Yeah, I know I know who you are, Joe. I need you to come I need you to come design some stuff for me." And Joe's like, "Okay, can I can I ask who's calling?" And the person on the other line is like, "Oh, it's it's God, by the way. I need you to design space. Can you design space for me? I forgot to do that like however many years ago." That's Can you just so get dark. to that for me? Yeah, it's it's pretty dark, and people are starting to go, like, kind of push out those boundaries, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Can you just design that for me? If Joe already designed a planet, which one would he have designed? Probably Saturn. I was thinking Saturn. Well, do you know why I'm thinking Saturn? Why are you thinking Saturn, first of all? The rings, because he has so many earrings. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, we okay. went to the same place there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, speaking of rings and space. I am fascinated to know where you go with this transition, Bria. How are you? Pull it out for us. Here we go. Here we go. It's in the universe, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) And you know what? We're getting a new universe of, Paul. What? The Magic Kingdom TV universe. I actually did know that. I was playing it for the bit. But yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I texted my friends and I was like, guys, they're making a TV universe just for me. It's for exactly me, the person who loves cinematic and television universes and also Magic Kingdom. Can we just talk about for a hot second, though, how we keep predicting things that are going to happen? What else did we predict? Yes, no, I remember this, although not necessarily for Disney Plus, but what else did we predict? Uh... We predict. Oh God! You text. Oh, the fake ads. Wandavision does fake ads every week. We do fake ads every week. So it's not, not more or less prediction, but like. Okay. Um. We also predicted. Well, in a more cynical way, we predicted a year without Disneyland. But I feel like anyone could have done that. Yeah. Okay, so maybe not as much as I thought we did, but this one I'm excited about. I'm pretty pumped about this. So hold on, let me let me look and see. So the the world the the first series, as far as I understand, is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which I specifically said that they should do. You specifically said that in that episode. Um, what episode is that? So we can reference people. That might be the first episode. Oh my god! It what? It was is totally it? the first episode. I think it is right. Now I gotta look. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta look. Yep, that's what it was. It was the first episode, Tiger Cruise Movie Club. Wow. Who knew? Anyway, fifteen episodes later, we'd be getting it. Anyway, sixteen episodes. Uh, this is being done by um, shoot, who is the guy? Being done by Ron Moore, who is, according to the Hollywood Reporter, a noted Disney super fan. So. Wait, is he? He is the creator of For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. Oh. And also, uh, it says Battlestar Galactica, but I think it's the rebooted Battlestar Galactica, if I recall. Not that I have seen any Battlestar Galactica, so I can't say for certain. But he looks like the guy from Prop Culture. That's why I was like, kind of, I was like, is it him? Um. So. Apparently, the kinds of characters that they're going to be doing apparently are uh, the 
captain boat captains from the jungle cruise pro- the prospector from big thunder or the climbers of the matterhorn however none of those characters or storylines are currently being developed necessarily but it sounds like they're basically going to take the mandalorian plan and have like a flagship show so in this case it's probably going to be the society of explorers and adventurers and branch out and have spin-off shows based on those characters this is the best announcement that has come out of the disney news i think ever like <laughs> yeah so to be clear this is not officially confirmed by disney or anything this is uh news from the hollywood reporter the hollywood reporter being a i would say quite reputable uh, totally they don't spread things very often that they have to redact so so i feel pretty good about that actually happening um yeah them and variety are like my two go-to like entertainment yeah news like if it's there then it's legit so my prediction with that then is it's going to be like announced and storyboarded at d23 next year is d23 actually wait oh next year yeah it happened i think it's 2022 right no, Did I think it was, supposed, it? it was supposed to be this year. So next year. So it'll uh, end up being next year, yeah. I think, right? I thought, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be this July, but... Yeah, it must be. Because, yeah, no, it definitely would, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So 2022, D23, I bet they'll have the whole, like, there'll be a whole room for it, and yeah. we'll be there. Because so, now I'm not going to not go to D23. <laughs> I'm really excited for this, uh, if nothing else, because... Uh, it may encourage them to build new IP for the park specifically so that then yes. they can go and spin it off and basically build kind of, you know, a two-in-one, you know, build the ride and all the lore behind it and then, you know, oh, as a promotion, release a Disney Plus show. I don't know if that will happen, but man, that would be so cool if that happens. Could you imagine getting new IPs for the parks no. that aren't? No, I, I think my brain would explode. I, I, I legitimately I just, don't remember the last time that happened. I, I don't think I cared about, about. I don't think I cared at all about Disney parks at that with the last time that it happened. I don't think we were old enough to care about Disney parks the that last time it may happened. May very well be true. Or alive. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, what what yeah. characters do we want to see? So we all are limited that- to Magic Kingdom, unfortunately. Um, I mean, the obvious, we got to go with the obvious one because they didn't specifically rule it out. It's got to be like the ghost host or something, something Haunted Mansion. Master Gracie. Yeah. I mean, someone from Haunted Mansion has to be either in this show or uh, get their own show, whatever. Haunted Mansion has to be involved for sure. Haunted Mansion has to be involved. I feel like Small World's going to be involved. The dolls. Yeah. I want I to just see the worry- dolls as people. Oh, I thought okay, okay, because in my mind no. it was just like a horror, a horror show <laughs> where there's just these dolls that pop up in various countries and they start like singing a song, but they would no. Disney would never do that anyway. Um, like as people. Interesting. Maybe. Oh wait, okay. Is this Magic Kingdom or Disneyland? Because they said Matterhorn. Um. It's just, so is this it's, where they call Disneyland the Magic Kingdom? Is that what this is happening right now? It's just castle parks, I think. I don't know. But be, remember, the Matterhorn was like a, an example of one, not one that's actually happening. Well, because if we're going to do Disneyland, Casey Jr.'s Circus Train... Is a Dumbo scene to ride. Is it? Yeah. Isn't Casey oh, Jr.? Seen Dumbo. 
I haven't seen Dumbo either, but I'm pretty sure it's oh. Dumbo. <laughs> oh, because I just think of the train going through the park. Or just the Disneyland Railroad. Or, like, the Magic Kingdom Railroad. Like, the yeah. railroad. Or Main Street USA. I don't know what that means. <gasps> I don't know what that means. But Main Street USA. Wait. Why am I not saying this? The Tiki Room. Why did I not bring up oh, the Tiki yeah. Room? That's all I wanted in yeah. the first episode. Yeah, we already, yeah, we've already got it. Disney, you can call us. You can we call us. We are ready. Yeah. Yeah, we've got it all. We'll storyboard it. We'll, we don't know how to do that, but we'll pretend that we do. Well, and we'll do a really good job anyway. Okay, well, what's your top one that you want to see? The one that I want to see? Because it's not Haunted Mansion, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I feel mean, like that's but... the given that's gonna happen. Yeah. Space Mountain, maybe? I don't know. Something Tomorrowland. The Tomorrowland Transit Authorities. The people... I want to see a people mover ride. Or um, a TV show. The people mover would be amazing. Yeah. Or Carousel of Progress. Yes. Oh, dude. Carousel of Progress makes so much sense. Imagine as a sitcom. Like... Yeah. Oh, my God. Or, alternatively, like... Oh, are we talking like canceled rides or not canceled, but like, like rides that don't exist anymore because well, it, there's lots of Tomorrowland been... rides that you could put in the Mission to Mars. I was also thinking just about Disneyland in general, like a TV show about Disneyland. Well, there was a movie in, I don't know if it's still in production or not with John Favreau directing, and I think it was called Magic Kingdom. And it was basically Night of the Museum. We've talked about this in the first episode. It's basically yeah. Night at the Museum. But Magic Kingdom. I would pay so much money for that. Yeah, I want it. Anyway, there's got to be one that we're missing. What's the one, what's the obvious one that we're missing here? I'm trying to think like Fantasyland. I oh, know Adventure. Is there anything in Adventureland? Jungle Maybe, Cruise, but well, that's getting a movie. Yeah, because like I want to take out Pirates and I want to take out Jungle Cruise because those are getting well, movies. Well, because you can't do those because yeah, they're movies. But if they're gonna have the Jungle Cruise skippers. Maybe. So Jungle Cruise, it would be something totally different than the movie because it would just be the ride instead of like an adventure movie. So they could similarly do pirates that way also. Of... Well, but I so I was, I guess I'm not totally clear on this. In my mind, it was basically like Pirates of the Caribbean or Jungle Cruise. No, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. they would tie together by the Society of Adventures and Explorers or Adventures. Totally. Explorers. I just, that's where I got Jungle Cruise skippers from. Like, like that was the thought train from them saying that. That was my thought train going, wait. Yeah. Then how would that work with the movie? But as far as things were missing, oh, me- well, I was going to say the Robinson Treehouse. But they're, they're making a show. That's part of this report, actually. Oh, um, because they're like making a, a uh, his first project under Disney Plus is going to be a Swiss Family Robinson show. So that I suppose could technically be tied to it, but yeah, it is based on the movie, obviously, which is based off of a book, if I recall. Yep. Yeah, I can't particularly think of anything that's not already IP'd for something else. Imagine if they expanded to Epcot, I would die. <laughs> but there's there's not that much left in there either. No, like if okay, correction. If they did a whole cinematic universe of Night at the Museum style movies for theme parks. Yeah, okay, I'm on board. Epcot, with that. Yeah. I would die. That'd be cool. Dak would just be a bunch of lions walking around. Yeah, Animal Kingdom's boring because it's already alive. they're already alive. But like Epcot? Spaceship Earth people walking out at night? 
the dinosaurs in Ellen that are no longer there. I'm just now realizing. Oh, that would have been fun. Anyway. But anyway, we could talk about this all night. Instead of doing that, though, we'll talk about the Grand Californian, which is opening for some reason. The villas. Parts of it are opening. Right. The villas, yeah. On May 2nd. Well, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't know if anyone's actually going to stay there, but okay. And or if they'll even actually open because they've had reopening Uh, dates like six times now. So, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't have a title yet. But it feels like it kind of might... I don't know. It it will definitely have a title by the time this episode comes out. Probably. We'll see. It will almost certainly have the word home in its name, though. Apparently. If I'm feeling particularly uh, interested, or the name is particularly interesting, uh, I may cut in uh, in just a minute with what the title is. So, Future Paul, what is the title of Spider-Man? Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow, I can't believe they called the new Spider-Man movie that. That's so crazy. Whoa! That's such a good title! uh, The thing that we're talking about, though, is uh, the entire cast, well, not the entire cast, but, like, the primary announced cast of the movie. So Spider-Man, Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya? I think it's Zendaya. Zendaya. And Jacob Badalone, but I don't know how to say his last name. But did you just say Ned. Spider-Man instead of Tom Holland? Did I? I probably did. <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Uh, anyway, on their Instagrams, they all posted the first uh, images from the movie, as well as a fake title. Uh, the fake titles are Spider-Man Phone Home, Spider-Man Home Wrecker, and Spider-Man Home Slice. The joke being that the first two Spider-Man movies, well, the first two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies had the word home in their subtitles. And so people are assuming that it, the third one will as well. Um, and as we just found out, it does or doesn't. I actually don't know yet because it hasn't been announced. It will probably be announced in shortly as we're recording this uh, potentially tonight on Jimmy Fallon. Anyway, because Tom Holland's going to be on Fallon. So I don't keep track of what Tom Holland does, Paul. I, I don't either. I, I, it was, this was, that was, <laughs> I read it as part of reading this news. Anyway. But you know what I do keep track of? Apparently not very well. What? Baby animals. Oh, yeah. Animal Kingdom debuted their baby rhino today. He was born in... Well, this may actually be a different baby rhino, I guess. But there was a baby rhino born in November. And there's a video on YouTube of it. And it is so cute. Well, so cute. it's four months old and born in November. That checks. Yeah, that works out. Okay, so it's the same baby it rhino. It's the same baby rhino, yeah. But it was its first day on Kilimanjaro Safaris today. Well, congratulations, its... baby rhino. Do you know his Mama. name? Mama. No, but it's, I doesn't doesn't even need a name. I just it's baby rhino, and his feetsies are so big. I would let him step on all of the grapes, or her. Oh God, what kind of baby rhino is it? Hold on, hold on. Uh, the baby rhino's name is Ranger. Are you kidding me? That's so cute. And it's a boy. That's exactly what I would name a baby rhino. Ranger the rhino. Ranger the baby rhino. He's so cute. If I remember, I'll link a a video uh, 
in the show notes because oh my goodness there's a video of him running oh he's so cute oh my goodness a little khaki vest like a well it wouldn't be very little but a a khaki vest that says ranger oh he's playing with bubbles (gasps) he's playing with bubbles yes oh my gosh he's so nothing else nothing else we said nothing else we said in news this week matters more than this ranger ranger the rhino i love him well brie i am sufficiently distracted by ranger the rhino uh should we give ourselves and our listeners a break by going to a word from our sponsors Uh, i think we should and now a word from our sponsor joe rody's design space space this has been a word from our sponsor joe rody's design space Paul, do I have something exciting for you this week? You do? I do! Do you like tropical getaways? Yes. Do you like singing birds? Sure, yeah. Do you like an experience unlike any other? Less less sure about that. Maybe. Do you like pineapple? No! Oh no! Did you Wait, did you not then, know that about me? That I don't like pineapple? I did know that. Oh, okay. That's why I asked you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> then do I have something that you wouldn't enjoy, but maybe other people would? Probably so. Dole Whip. Trademarked by the Dole Plantation and Disney. Dole Whip is refreshing and pineapple-y soft serve. And you can find it outside of the Tiki Room. Singing birds. Oh, yeah, this okay, Dole that's Whip, that's relevant. The Dole Whip can bring you a refreshing pineapple oasis in a cup you can take it with you on a journey to a tropical destination where the birds sing the words Ooh, that was good what is that a line is that a line from the tiki room oh (laughs) (laughs) well i'm no longer impressed Okay, I thought you were impressed because I could just pull that out of my hat, but okay. Well, I was, but then you said it was from the tiki room, and I'm not I'm impressed. The birds sing the words and the flowers croon. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, anyways. Well, you may not enjoy Dole Whip, Paul, but I enjoy Dole Whip, and I think all of our listeners will enjoy a nice, large glass of pineapple soft serve with sometimes added pineapple juice for all of their tiki refreshments. No, that's the tiki, 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 tiki rum. And it's oh, only yeah. available in Trader Sam's Grog Gatto. Which is closed, so. Which is closed. So that's why we're advertising Dole Whip currently. Right. Yep, okay, got it. <laughs> well, Bree, that was arguably one of the most off-the-rails uh, ad spots we've ever done. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I really try to cause chaos weekly, so. Yeah, no, both of us. If- yeah, that's kind of our goal. If the train falls off the tracks, we've done our job right. Yeah. Definitely my train of thought always falling off the rails, but... <laughs> did you bring yours to the episode today? I did not even bring mine today. Uh, my train of thought is... It's like upside down or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about cues today. Bree- That's your cue. Uh, it is my cue. Um, so, cues are... Um, the 17th letter of the alphabet um they look like o's but have weird tails um 
Bree's doing math in her head to see if it really is the seventh. It is really the seventeenth letter of the alphabet. <laughs> you know that because I know that the eighteenth letter of the alphabet is R. This is only going to spiral questions of how do you know that? Oh, there's a song uh, on the Curious George soundtrack, the Curious George movie soundtrack by Jack Johnson uh, about it, it. Three is a magic number, and it's about reduce, reuse, recycle. M is the 13th letter of the alphabet. Congratulations. Anyway. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about lines, like line cues in Disney world. Cues have lines. Or all Disney, really. Um, yeah, they're the things you wait in before the ride. You spend more time in them than you spend Way more rides. time, yeah. <laughs> way more. So a good cue really can make or break your experience with an attraction. If you spend four hours in line the line better be really interesting which we both have i feel like yes. oh yeah i i what's the longest you've waited in a line actually let's start with that uh longest i've waited in a line i'm gonna use two separate examples uh one is flight of passage yep I waited just under three and a half hours for that uh, the longest it's felt like I've waited in a line is when you wait in Indiana Jones at Disneyland yeah. and it's broken down yeah. and you don't know whether the line's moving or they're clearing people out and you can't tell. That's the longest feeling line in the world. The longest I've actually waited in line was also for Flight of Passage. It was the first day it was open to cast members. So it was like the third or fourth day it was open, period. Uh, we got in line, and I think it was posted about three and a half hours. We ended up waiting about five. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that was, I mean, that was our plan was, you know, we were going and our day was going to be Pandora and in particular Flight of Passage. So uh, ended up being, you know, worth it. Pretty fun. Um, Flight of Passage is a great ride, and uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But the queue for Flight of Passage is great. So, And I think it's just worth it when you're ready to do it. Like, when you wait longer than you expect, it sucks. But if you go into it and you're like, I am going to wait in line, it's not too bad. Because you're prepared. Your feet hurt. But other than that, yeah. I have line waiting shoes. I have different shoes that I'll wear to the park if I know I'm going to stand. Let's, uh, we have compiled a list of our, the, how we feel about the cues, I guess. I don't know. Should we start? from the bottom and work our way sure. up let's time? do that let's do that okay yeah. so what queue have you never waited in living with the land well okay that's feels like a bit of a no 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 okay. not just because i worked there all right um i also just even when i go as a guest to write it i i have just never waited like even if i didn't know people working and had to go in the queue i i have never actually stood in line in the queue before i have actually <laughs> i love that yeah there you go um i have never waited in line in the proper line anyway for frozen ever after i've only ever gone in the fast pass queue one time i had an actual fast pass with my family and another time I knew someone who worked in Norway, uh, and it was my birthday, so she hooked me up. So uh, we were able to get on Frozen Never After. So the most I've waited in that room is, I don't know, five, ten minutes maybe. Um, so yeah, I have no cool. idea what that queue is like, but the part of the queue that I saw was really neat. Um, yeah, someone who has waited in the whole queue, it's gorgeous. I think it's definitely 
worth it if you have the time to kill. Like, if you have nothing else to do, you've done everything in Epcot, and you're willing to kill an hour of your time, it's worth the wait to see the queue. Because it's a very well done queue. Cool. The ride's not... I mean, it's good. It's a good ride. But it's not that great, it's so fine. don't wait too long. Yeah. Um, all right. What line have you waited in the most, by contrast? Um, and technically, the answer for you, I'm assuming, is actually living with the land. But... No. No. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, I avoided line positions at Living with the Land like the plague. Oh, I didn't like it. interacting All with right. people who were waiting. Um, mine was kind of a tie between Rock and Roller Coaster. And now that I think about Rock and Roller Coaster, I don't know how many times I've waited in the actual, actual queue and not the single the rider single queue. The single rider queue, yeah. Yeah, but I've waited in the single rider queue hundreds of times. Pretty much every time I ride the ride because I can never get a fast pass for it. Uh, and then the other one is Toy Story Mania. That one I always wait for. I would never, ever use Fast Passes on that ride. Because you can never get one. Never get them. Yeah. And even in Disneyland, like that one, I love the queue in Disneyland. So I <laughs> I tend to wait in it. It's air conditioned. It has fans. It's 10 out of 10 at California Adventure. So those are the two that I think I've waited in the most. Sometime I should tell the story of my birthday where we ended up getting to go on the biggest ride at each park, uh, like without waiting that long um, in the single day. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, one of them was Toy Story Mania, and I had a fast pass because I worked at Hollywood Studios, so I can get those. Those are really easy. Anyway. Yes. Um, uh, the line I waited in the most amount of times, not the amount like of time spent, because that's probably still <laughs> Flight of Passage. Um, yes. The most Same. amount of times is probably Indiana Jones in Disneyland. Uh, and that's right. just because, A, I usually go on it multiple times per trip. But B, I will frequently go, or at least multiple times, I guess not frequently, but like I've been multiple times when the ride has broken down while I've been standing in the queue. Yeah. So notoriously, you know, not stable ride. So it breaks down all the time. So. You know, one that I just thought about for Waited in the Most for that same reason is Radiator Springs Racers. So I always get a fast pass for it because I'm not a fool. Uh, but it the last like six times we've gotten a fast pass for it, it's broken down. And so we got to get out of line and get back in line. So it's very similar. Weird. And that ride doesn't break down a lot except for when I'm in line to ride. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, pro tip, and this is probably not actually a good pro tip to share. When we were in Disneyland, we had a fast pass for Indiana Jones, got in line, or no, we didn't even get in line, I don't think, because it broke down. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you get a free fast pass to basically whatever ride you want. Yes. So we did that, and um, we ended up getting another one because we sat down for lunch right next to Big Thunder Mountain um at uh uh, what's it called the rancho del zocalo zocalo i don't know how to say it anyway Mm -hmm. um and when we were there we noticed hey big thunder mountain just is stopped so we looked on max pass and we were able to get a fast pass for right then for big thunder mountain knowing it will probably be broken down and therefore we will get a fast pass to whatever we want not reliable obviously and i don't know i think it's probably within the you know, terms of service, maybe arguably. Um, but interesting uh, quirk of, of how that works. I have a similar advice. Ooh. If FastPass ever returns to Disney World, book it 
for if you're going to be at DAC that day, book it. And it's okay. This is all dependent on if there's going to be thunderstorms. But if there are, book it for all the big ticket attractions for like one o'clock in the afternoon. And then you'll immediately get free fast passes. And then once the storm's cleared, a bunch of people at that point would have canceled their fast passes. So a bunch more open up. And you can pretty much get three fast passes to Everest in a row (laughs) to ride Everest. And that is the best time also to find Flight of Passage fast passes is when the other rides go down. Because then the fast pass system kind of just panic opens. Also, if Disney World ever opens up fast passes again, have one person make a fast pass for the attraction. And it says that there has to be the majority of your group has the fast pass. But if you go up to the fast pass cast member and they look like they are already ready to cry, if you're nice to them, they'll let your whole party go. As long as your parties are reasonable. Like, it, yes, if you're a party of three and you have one person that has it, you're probably fine. If you're Always a party works. of nine and one person has it, I don't think there's, no. you're ever going to get in. So, no. Play it has it, to be like a small party. Ear. Yeah. But if the cast member already looks broken and sad, they're going to let you through. Or alternatively, if you're just like really like genuinely friendly, don't be like fake nice, fake friendly. Because, no. you know, we work in, well, we, they work in Disney, right? They can see right through that. So uh, I think talking about Animal Kingdom there uh, moves along nicely to the worst line to wait in, which uh, for me is Kilimanjaro Safaris. It's just the... It's so boring. It's so long. You have to wait for forever because it's always a really long line. Um, An alternative one for me is Navi River Journey. Similarly long, similarly boring, but that one's even worse because A, it's super cramped, but B, it's like a spiral and like a figure eight spiral kind of thing. It's a very strange shape. And so you never know where you are in line. Um, You're like, I'm there. No, I'm not. It feels like, oh, look, I'm almost, oh, nope, I'm not almost there. And yeah, so that's just a pain in the butt. And also the line's way longer than the ride is worth. Anyway. I mean, I totally agree with you on those, but this would be a really boring podcast if that, I also said samesies. So my two are tied also uh, for Tower of Terror until you get inside. Like, waiting inside isn't bad. (laughs) Or, like, once you hit the patio and you're about to go inside. But the whole queue leading up to it is just, there's so many walls for people to sit on. So people will, like, sit and not move forward. And, like, if the fans are on, they usually aren't blowing cold air, but just blowing hotter, moister air around. And it's just awful. It's just a boring queue, and it's all outside, and it's hot, and people suck. So that's a bad one. And then Splash Mountain at Disney World. I've never waited in the Disneyland run, I think. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've ridden it once in Disneyland, so I I have no idea if that was a fast pass or not. But the one in Disney World is just a mess. Like, same reason. Like, it's all outside. People don't move forward when they're supposed to. And then you get stuck in the stairs. There's so many stairs. And people don't know how to climb stairs on vacation. So whoever thought, let's put 8,000 stairs in? No. Related. (laughs) If you have a person in a wheelchair um, or someone with some sort of mobility disability, uh, ask. There's almost always something that cast members can do um, 
even if you're not, even if there's no stairs, um, either the DAS Pass at Disney World, I'm sure that there is some comparable system in Disneyland. Ask. Just always ask. Let's move on to our favorite lines to wait in. Uh, I'll go first. Mine's Peter Pan, not because I think Peter Pan's amazing. I mean, the ride itself is one of the better dark rides, but it's still not that great. Um, it's just old. Anyway, uh, but the I really, really, really like the uh, Darling's Room. Um, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And I the, that was part of an initiative called Scene One, where it was basically, you know, ride kind of almost elements before the ride takes place and before you actually get on the ride. Um, I really actually like that stuff a lot. Um, yeah, the interactive parts are whatever, but I think it's really fun that just like kind of sometimes random stuff happens, and it I think is really well designed. Um, obviously, the line for Peter Pan is very long and longer than it needs to be, but yeah, not worth the wait. But if you're willing to wait, it's worth looking for at. sure. Yep. Uh, mine's the Tiki Room queue. In both Disneyland and Disney World, I'm not opposed to either of them. Um, and not because it's special, not because it's fun, but because you can get your Dole Whip and you can sit in an air-conditioned queue and listen to fun music and eat your Dole Whip. And it is the only queue in Disney World that you can eat in line. Yep. So well, my favorite thing... Railroad, but... Okay, well... My favorite thing to do in Disneyland, because that's where the Dole Whip cart is in Disneyland, is right. outside of Tiki Room, is get a Dole Whip, like, right when you know they're loading the next show. So go as everyone's filing in, and you can get your Dole Whip. You can sit down by a mister. There's the Tiki's that talk to you. It's great. I, 100 out of 10, love, favorite weight is for Tiki Room. Nice. Uh, Brie, what's the worst the worst queue to wait in or not, not to wait in necessarily just what's the worst queue uh so when i was in disneyland paris i really wanted to ride big thunder mountain because for those of you who don't know it goes underwater in disneyland paris and it's super cool and you like come out on this island and so by the time we actually finally found the entrance to the queue first of all when you don't speak french is an actual really hard thing to do so you enter it and it seems really similar to big thunder mountain in disney world and it is there's two sides, just like, you know, except for in Paris, they split the two sides at the beginning. And so the entire length of the queue, you are running side by side with the other side. And you can never, ever figure out which way you're going, which part of the line is yours. And it's only a single person wide queue. And so you are in like a single file line weaving through the like maze area like same as same as Walt Disney World except for just single file and hundreds of people all going different directions and you cannot figure out which line is yours so it'll start moving and you'll get really excited and then you'll never move and you're like but it just it moved and then behind you will move and you're like but is that in front of me then like and it it took about an hour. It was like an hour wait of this line. And I just had like the biggest headache when I was done. And I was so claustrophobic. Like the amount of people crammed into a room because it's all single file was a disaster. So it by far takes the cake of the absolute worst line I have ever waited in. I'm going to go with the worst line that I've been in is Spaceship Earth. 
Uh, once you get inside, Spaceship Earth is whatever. But uh, especially the outside of Spaceship Earth, like especially if, like if it's raining or if it's hot, and like come on, it's just it's terrible. It's boring. There's nothing. There's literally nothing there. It's just chains. Um, it's always longer than it's worth, though it's never that long. Usually, I mean that's a really good indicator. Like if, if Spaceship Earth is a 35 minute wait, then you're like just don't even go to the park that day. That is too just long. Leave. Just leave. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just it's boring. It's got you know. It's just a bunch of switchbacks, which are fine. Awful. Just frustrating. (laughs) Just annoying. I mean, I don't know. Like, I was going to complain about them, but then I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like, I don't even, I don't even care to complain about them. It's just so bleh. And sometimes they don't even open all the switchbacks because they're like, oh, it'll clear up. And then you find yourself waiting like halfway down the walkway because they haven't opened any of the switchbacks and the line's just long. And then people don't realize that you're standing in line and then they like cut in front of you and you're like, um, excuse you, what are you doing? The line's way back there. And they're like, oh, that's the line. You're yeah. like, I know. I know. I can't believe I'm waiting in it either. <laughs> it's Spaceship Earth. It's not even that good. So. So that leads us to the best queue. It does. What's, your, what's the best queue you've ever waited in? Uh, so the best queue I've ever waited in is Flight of Passage, I think. Part of it is because I spent five hours in it. Um, although <laughs> most of that five hours was spent in Pandora itself because that's just how long the line was. So we actually like went all the way. Uh, so the, the line went all the way across the bridge from Pandora to Africa and back. So we waited in that line, went all the way to Africa, like by Festival of the Lion King, came all the way back, crossed through all of Pandora, which is actually a really pretty interesting way to get to see Pandora um, (laughs) for the first time, and uh, then into the queue itself. Now, the queue itself is fantastic. It's super cool. Beautiful. Um, There's a bunch of awesome stuff, and most of the cool stuff you don't get to see if you do the Fast Pass queue, which I've also done. Um, Fast Pass queue is, uh, frankly, just pretty boring. Um, but the regular yes. queue is awesome. It's really cool. There's like a cool foresty area. There's some neat cave sections. There's awesome science labs. And the Navi that's floating in a tube is super creepy, but awesome. So creepy. Um, no, I haven't done Rise of the Resistance. I'm assuming that one's even better. Uh, another really, really good one that I will put up there is Mission Breakout. I think that's awesome. Oh. I'm a big Marvel fan. I think that's super cool. But... Flight of Passage is technically a better queue and more interesting and just all around really awesome and what uh, all queues should strive to be, I think. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree with you. It's one of the best queues. I mean, if not the best queue I've ever been in. However, I put mine as Peter Pan only because it is my most recent best one. Because on my last trip, I didn't ride Flight of Passage, but I did ride Peter Pan. It was the very first time I'd ever waited in the whole queue. And so it was like my first experience with like the Darlings room and everything else. And it was during Not So Scary. So it was like not super crowded. So I got to like take my time in the rooms and it was, it was awesome. So Peter Pan is my best currently, but I'll heavily agree with you on Flight of Passage. When you spend four hours in a queue, you're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen because it has to be. Otherwise, this isn't worth it. I do want to spend a little bit of time here at the end of talking about cues to talk about cueing theory, less so the like hardcore mathematics behind it and more about like just uh, what is the ideal way to set up a cue um, in terms of a theme park in particular. So um, the in cueing theory, the mathematics of it, 
right? The idea is you want to have to uh, to put as many people through the queue as possible. You want to be pulling out of the queue as fast or faster than you are putting people into the queue. Yes. So obviously, you know, start of day, that's just not going to happen, right? Like inevitably a line is going to build up. Otherwise, everything would be a walk-on. Yes. Uh, but when you're in the line, and I've talked about this a little bit before, the thing that is the most um, the most frustrating and just the most painful and uncomfortable is standing still. Now, that's true both because you're standing still so your feet hurt, but also because it's like, why am I just standing here? I could be doing anything else in Disney. So... The solution to that is to have people basically always be moving forward. It's similar to traffic where um, technically you can reduce traffic by moving slowly so that you never stop. And so the people behind you, yeah, it, it slows you down yeah. or it, it slows you are going slowly and it can be look kind of annoying, but it actually does help prevent traffic yeah. further behind you. I'm not suggesting anyone do that at Disney World, by the way. Don't please don't do that. That would be annoying. But don't uh, do that. From Disney's perspective, their goal should be to have people always be moving forwards in some way. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things that's really hard about Haunted Mansion, for example, right, where you have the stretching room oh, and it's basically yeah. just an elevator, and so you have a huge influx of people, and then nobody moves. Because they're waiting for the stretching room to come back. And so... It's an elevator? But did you not know that? It doesn't actually stretch? Well, I mean, it kind of does. That's how you... Yeah. In Disneyland, I mean, it was... deep down, I knew it was an elevator. But, like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it out loud before. And that... In, <laughs> in Disneyland, it goes under the berm. That was hard. No, I know. I just... That's how you get... For whatever reason... That's no, how you get behind the berm. Reason. You go down. For whatever reason, my, my brain was like, no, it really stretches. Well, I mean, it does, it does, I mean, kind of stretch, I guess. I just had never heard anyone call it an elevator before, and I don't know why it hurt me like I thought it, like it I'm did. sorry. I don't know. Anyway, continue. I'm very fascinated by this. So when you are moving forwards, right, uh -huh. um, sorry, when you're not moving forwards, you're just standing still, and that sucks. But also, more people are coming in behind you, and so the line will continue to get longer. Um, which seems obvious, but, you know. Um, if you come at exactly the right time, you can enter the queue and, like, reach people and then, like, oh, hey, look, we're all moving forwards by a bunch. That's awesome. But then you stop. Yes. And it's just, it's super frustrating. So, um, I am... Not against the Haunted Mansion, but I am against that style of loading. Um, I am really big on, like, Omnimover rides, like Peter Pan or most of the Dark Rides, uh, because they just are constantly moving. Um, and so you're just constantly loading more and more people, and yeah. you never have to stop. And that's part of why those rides are so super efficient, is uh, in terms of, like, bringing people in and, and, and throughput. Speaking of a ride like that that we didn't talk about, and we didn't talk about the queue, but it definitely deserves to be talked about, the Winnie the Pooh ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The queue in, is adorable. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's good. You queue. can play with the garden. Yeah. I'll also put uh, Snow White's, uh, uh, no, what's it called? The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah. 
Wow, we really abandoned some good cues. Whoops, sorry. Oh well. Oh, and Dumbo. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the new Dumbo. I get like I don't know. I like the idea of it, but I don't like the implementation of it because it's Sometimes so just... kid focused. I'll just hang out and play sometimes, and I won't even ride Dumbo. Well, I'm a large man, so yeah, if I do that, it's pretty creepy. So, yeah. If I had a child, it would be one thing, but I don't, so. Moving forward, then. I guess my question for you is we have a lot of ride refurbs coming up, and we've had a lot of ride refurbs uh, over the last, what, decade. Do you think that they should, because obviously they're going to retheme the queues, but do you think that they should take the refurb and actually redo the queues also? Well, I think twofold. They should look at how they load in particular. Um, so loading has a, a is the main driver of slower, longer queue times. Um, yeah. Other than, you know, just the amount of people that you can put through, for example. Right. Um, if you are loading a lot of people uh that's good but it's not as good as constantly loading people so i mean that's really what you the goal should be to be loading people as frequently as possible not necessarily as many people as possible those two will end up kind of going hand in hand yeah um i also think that they should when they're redesigning the queues do more of the scene one kind of stuff like peter pan um and I don't necessarily know that we need the interactive kind of things like we have in Peter Pan or uh, Winnie the Pooh or Seven Dwarves. I think that a lot of stuff can be interactive in different ways, like in Pandora, uh, in Flight of Passage, where it's interactive because it does different stuff at different times and you can look yeah. at it and kind of just be like, what is that? Um, and I think that that's really cool now granted if they also want to include interactivity then that's neat as well but i feel like we're gonna see less of that now in new queues post-pandemic yeah hands-on kind of things are not yeah stop encouraging touching of things but peter pan Uh, uses like a connect kind of thing for the shadow yeah so like with uh tinkerbell in the tube Mm -hmm. like you move your hands it's super cool uh, I'm interested to see what they do for the Splash Mountain queue when it becomes Tiana's ride. I am really curious to see how they retheme that because I think they have a really good opportunity there to make it a scene one kind of queue, uh, especially in the outside part. Like, there's no reason you couldn't put like willow trees in and make it feel like you're entering a swamp. Yeah, I would really love that. That is sounds exactly like the kind of thing that they should do. Exactly. The and the, the good example of that of a ride that's not interactive. But seen, but it's like a scene one kind of idea that's not newer is pirates in Magic Kingdom. Which part are you talking about? Well, the queue. Like, I mean, once you get inside, like the majority of the queue is inside. But the fact that you're like in an old palace plaza mm. and then you're down in the dungeons, like then during Not So Scary, there's real pirates in the dungeon. And Yeah. The one thing with pirates, though, is like I wish... That it was there was more to see other than just like walls. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the like trademark of the of the scene one kind of thing, I guess. Um, Yeah, I think that was just the introduction to it of the idea of oh, we can do more than rope. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, definitely do more than rope because spaceship earth sucks. But you know what else sucks? (laughs) The fact that this episode is over. Um, Oh, it does suck. 
I know. I'm sorry. But it's uh, been a pretty long episode and I talked about math and stuff. So people are probably <laughs> bored. But if you uh. were not bored, then you should share the episode with your friends and use the emojis for arrows uh, facing different, like opposite directions, opposite so that directions. you can finally tell Brie which way she should go on Big Thunder Mountain. Oh, that's a good, good advice. As also with sharing this, there is a thread on our Twitter where you can go tell us your favorite cue. Let us know what you like waiting in, what you don't like waiting in. So while you're there, you can also go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is at Signal25Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Signal25Podcast, on TikTok at Signal25Podcast, and on Facebook as, uh, what is that one? Oh, yeah, Signal25Podcast. And while you're there at all those, like Paul said, with Twitter, you can always leave us a comment or a DM. You can also do that on all of them. And if there's content you want to see, go ahead and let us know. We do polls every week on our Twitter now about what we're going to talk about each week. But if you're on Instagram and you see something really fun or really interesting that you want us to talk about, let us know. We're always down for suggestions. Yeah. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'm Bree. And I'm Paul. And this has been Signal 25.